interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the DC Comics Review Show here on Not A Robot. Uh, as always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me. Uh, Rob, you want to introduce yourself? Brandon, how are you now? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, and, yeah. and Josh, how you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, hello, humans out there. Yep. Today on the show, we will be covering Teen Titans Academy number seven, Swamp Thing number nine, Batman 116, Arkham City, The Order of the World number two, Mr. Miracle number six, and the Batman Superman Authority Special number one, with a few honorable mentions that we'll get into during our news section. Of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make food. the dump list. But before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help us out with a dollar or more a month. And thank you listeners too. Like, download, and share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com. But with that out of the way, let's get into some... With that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, uh, <laughs> what's new with uh, you this week? Not a whole lot, but I've got a I've got a few things to talk about with the comic industry here. Go for it. Um, I just found out that uh, I'm sure I'm always late to the news, so everybody else probably will know. But DC is actually re-releasing the DC One Million Omnibus, really? that thousand page long deal. Yeah, I saw but that. They uh they actually accident oh did you see it did you see where they released it for like a bottom barrel discount price it was twenty it was twenty five dollars and every collector uh, myself included shit themselves because they couldn't believe it could possibly be that low and then they later canceled those orders because they knew no one was gonna get it for that cheap Um, (laughs) right although although I am I I mean that has happened before like I got my um. Batman by Grant Morrison, the second omnibus for I think twenty five dollars. That one was considerably cheaper, but that was that was like one of those like crazy fucking Amazon sales where you see it and you buy it, like you don't yeah. hesitate. Like you, you yeah. get it now because you know it's not going to be there, you know, in yeah. a week or so. Oh yeah, wow, that's a damn but, um... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I oh man, I want. Sucker, I want it so bad. I ain't gonna be able to swing it, but I really, really want it. Yeah, I might, I might, I don't know. I'm, I'm debating because I mean, I have DC one million in singles, like in floppies, but I, I just, I don't know if I want all that extra stuff. I mean, it would be great, but I just, it would, it would I, be cool to flip through the whole thing. That's yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, DC one million, it's, it's got its flaws, but it was a really fun time. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember the first time I read it, I was kind of like, ooh, I don't, I don't know, it was a little, like, out there, but I came back to it a second time, and it was just, I think that time was a lot more fun, where I, I kind of just, like, steered into the craziness, and um, there's some really great moments there, too, where, you know, um, I think my favorite is still, like, Kyle containing basically the power of a supernova after Solaris right. explodes, and he has, like, this yeah. giant, like, you know, old-timey safe, and he's, like, just looks like he's about to die but is still able to do it so 
That's probably the only moment that Kyle Rayner has been worth a damn, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool story. Classic, uh, classic Grant Morrison event, if you will. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it might be his first one, if I'm not mistaken. First event that Morrison did? Yeah, I believe so. Like, big event type thing. I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Because DC One Million was anything. Yeah, what like nineteen ninety nine? Yeah. Final Crisis was two thousand eight. So yeah, I think that was the first one. Damn. Yeah, check it out. Oh, I absolutely will. Uh, real quick, on an overcover in next week, but can we acknowledge Robin and Batman? It Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Oh, uh, so excited! I, so I excited! So excited for that. Oh. There's there's not a single book that I'm more excited for next week. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm. I'm sure you guys have read Descender, so I don't even need to sing the praises of that, but I love that book so much, so when they, when they were like, the Descender team is coming to do a Batman and Robin story, I was like, fuck yes. Uh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, I can't wait for that. Oh. Um, and then, I, I, there's something I'm not sure if you guys were aware of or not, but the New York Times, TMZ, uh, a few other places were all over this shit. Uh, at DC headquarters, the staffers had to call the LAPD and ask them to not just patrol the building, but to please go and patrol the homes of certain creators, colorists, artists, because they have been repeatedly given death threats oh, over gosh. the over the Superman thing. Well, that was the case until another article came out that TMZ had faked the entire thing. Which Are you just like, shitting me? Yeah, Seriously? I'm not, I'm not oh even kidding. God. Like, I, I literally just read that article where they're just like, yeah, no, we made it up. And you're like, bruh, what was the point of that? I saw, I, they cited it coming from somebody else. Wow, them motherfuckers. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. Like, it is TMZ. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's stupid. But yeah, that's um, really I could have swore that they cited the times. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, if you... Um, um, hang on. I'm trying to find the... Well, I'll find the article later. I can send it to you guys, but... No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I believe you. There's, it makes sense. But um, I guess the last thing that I wanted to talk about was an article I shared here in Slack a little bit earlier. Uh, it's... And, you know, this is coming mm-hmm. coming from somebody that kind of does chew out some creators sometimes. And I, I, it, it makes me not, I, I don't know what the right word is. It makes me, I guess, reconsider the feelings of some of the creators. I've, I've acknowledged that before, but uh, Zadarsky, Chip Zadarsky put out a statement saying that um, though there's a lot of fans asking for it, he doesn't think that he will ever do Spider-Man because he knows that there's a million different people that want a million different things and the fan reactions to it, the, the expectations from each different crowd are n- not going to be met so he, he just said I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to touch a property like that that kind of astounds me considering now granted it was an alternate universe but i mean he's done batman yeah but yeah. i mean honestly it's it's not really surprising to me because i mean he already had a pretty you guys are gonna kill me 
he had a pretty spectacular run on spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, um, uh, God, I wanted to uh, end my life when I said dude, that. Dude, I love that. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember him saying like, because, you know, everyone, when he sort of left that book, everyone was like, whoa, like, why? You were doing so great. And he's just like, I didn't have anything else left to say. Like, I was done. I told the story I wanted to tell and I left. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just like, oh, like, respect. Like, you came in did what you wanted to do and then you know just kind of left and and didn't feel pressured about it so he's he's kind of been pretty adamant about like i'm once i come back to do spider-man it is going to be if i have something to say and if i don't i don't want to feel like i'm pressured from anyone else i'm just going to you know do it because i really want to um and i i have massive amounts of respect for that because I think most people, like, if you were offered Spider-Man, your first answer would be yes, of course. When do I start, right? (laughs) Like, of course. Um, But then when you really think about it, it's like, okay, shit, I have the job now. What do I do, right? And you kind of have to give it some more thought. Which isn't to say that some people are, you know, unprepared for it. I'm sure there are plenty of people who would be like, all right, let's go. Like, I already got, you know, 10 story ideas cooking. But um, it's hard. It's hard if you don't really know what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is true. And the fact that Zadarsky didn't didn't just sit around on the Spider-Man book because, let's face it, the longer that he's on it, the more credit he builds up. The more credit he builds up, the more money he's going to make, the more in-demand he's going to be, and then he'd be in the same boat as Tynan and Snyder. Or, or not, maybe not there yet, but on his way there he didn't just sit around and ride the coattails of a character that he knew would be great. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he got off of it when he ran out of stuff to say. Yeah. I got, you gotta have exactly mad respect you, uh, for that. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. It's like you come in, it's, it is the definition of being a, a professional. It's just like you come in, you do what you want to do. And then once you're done, you're done. You don't need to overstay your welcome. Right, um, you don't just you don't come in and not really say anything and introduce a bunch of characters so you can get licensing fees. Yeah, it's like I mean you could you could very well just kind of you know because I mean there there are a number of people who are offered a job and they're like oh of course I'm totally gonna do it and then you know they have a good time for a while and then they just kind of run out of steam and you it's definitely pretty noticeable where it hits a certain point where you're just like this is not nearly as powerful it's not connecting as much and um you can tell that the creators just kind of like they they just heart isn't in it anymore and that sucks yeah Mm -hmm. but speaking of chip zadarsky i actually that was my news i don't know if you guys announced this while i was away dealing with some personal stuff but um one of the things that i wanted to mention was there is a new series on uh comiXology that i think everyone should check out I feel like at this point I'm basically like the Comicsology PR team because I've been I've been like pimping all their stuff and I don't even get paid for it. Um, it's it, it, you get it through Comicsology, you get it through Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's just, a hell of it's a resource. It's great and, and it's a lot of like really good reads. So I I'm I'm not talking about Scott Snyder again, I promise. Um, but no, this is a, a new series from Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu, the team who did Afterlift, which I think may still be. Free on Comixology. That was how I got my copy, and you can Sweet. read all five issues, and it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, but they're teaming with uh, Comixology again to do a new series called The All Nighter, 
which is, I guess, about what if vampires were also superheroes and they operated in the night. And it's just kind of fun and campy. And um, I've only read the first issue so far. I'll have to clear some time to read the second, but I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. That's an yeah, interesting no, it's, idea. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, I would say. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good about, you know, giving you a, a decent bit of content month to month. So uh, I would say it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. Um, all right, what, uh, what else do you guys have? Uh, a bit of movie news. I, yeah, no, TV news, actually. TV news. Cinema news, I guess. Naomi has a release date. Mm, nice. Finally. I know for anybody that's still interested, January 11th, Tuesday in 2022, Naomi premieres on the CW, if you care about the CW. God, how wild is it? We're about to be in 2022. I know. I'm not ready for that. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, I honestly can't blame you guys, but shit, the last two years have just sucked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like this year just went by so fast. Like, I can't believe it's already 2022. Yeah. That's wild. And uh, we have an exclusive actual info on the Green Lantern series coming to HBO Max. It's it, it, There's not a lot of news. The tone is I'll going to be it. a bit darker than first imagined. And it's going to be closer to the style of HBO Max's Watchmen series than anything else. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty interesting with the different time periods the different characters they have involved there's going to be a lot of of uh you know exploring the racism of the world especially in the galaxy they have jessica cruz time and baz there they're going to be exploring that side with those characters it's it's going to explore a lot of stuff and it's it definitely looks like it's going to be a a, quite the show and i hope it hits the mark and the rumor is that this series is the thing that's going to lead into the movie with Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Cool. That is cool. That's cool as shit, dude. I'm excited now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have two more announcements. I don't know if you guys had anything else. No, go ahead, man. Um, well, excuse me, for anyone who has, um, or is currently su- uh, subscribed to um, the newsletter um, from Rom V, and I'm like subscribed to all these newsletters because it's just like, I, I love kind of like this updates that I can get from creators. It just, it's like Christmas. Um, but for anyone who was following uh, Rom's newsletter, you may have this may be old news to you, but um, we got the official announcement today that uh, Swamp Thing Season 2 is not only in the works, but we are actually uh, given a date for it, and that is March 2022, only they're not doing a separate launch like they did with the Green Lantern. Um, it's actually just going to be a continuation of the current volume, so coming in March 2022, we'll have Swamp Thing 11, and then the series will just be continuing from there. Um, which I think everyone is, is pretty excited about. I know I'm definitely excited about. And if you go to, um, I believe, dccomics.com, it'll give you a preview of some of the pages from the upcoming issue of uh, Swamp Thing and the uh, upcoming 
uh, cover for Swamp Thing number 11, which features a very familiar character that I won't spoil, but for anyone who knows about Swamp Thing's history, this will be a should be some pretty exciting stuff in the works based on that character appearing in the book. Um, and then some more preview stuff. We have some upcoming uh, artwork from Batman 118, the start of Joshua Williamson and Jorge Molina's time on the book. It looks absolutely beautiful. Um, and I was like, yeah, to say I, the least. I had seen I had seen his pencils, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be this is gonna be something. Like I can tell. I just couldn't wait for Tomu's colors to come in, and now they have. And, it looks absolutely gorgeous. So that's also on DCComics.com. And then finally, um, some more teaser images from two books from Tom Taylor. The Nightwing Annual, which promises a team-up with Dick and Jason. Uh, Jason Todd Red Hood, of course. And then the upcoming annual of Superman, Son of Kal-El, which makes no sense because it hasn't even been a year since that <laughs> book's been out. But whatever. Annual means whatever we want it to mean, I guess. Uh, and that's John kind of as Superman meeting uh, Luther for the first time. Because I, I think they had already met Luther in, like, Super Sons or something. Uh, I think he's fought Luther many times. But yeah. It's going to be an interesting one, that one. Yeah. I, I think I'm looking forward to the Son of Kal-El annual more than the Nightwing one, to be honest with you. I don't know. They, they're they both pretty exciting to me. I mean, I'm just... Oh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw that... that that teaser because he was posting a lot of the stuff on like instagram and i saw that teaser and we i sent it to the slack channel that we have and um as a, a teaser for disco wing and the classic jason todd robin suit and i was like all right let's fucking do it <laughs> um uh, our buddy that hangs out in our slack sometimes from another podcast weird science uh he suggested, and I gotta say, he's he he's gotta be right. I can't think of any other reason why it would happen, but this has to be a flashback issue. Oh, it, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah that was. Oh, the, that's they already concerned. said that. Yeah. It's. I think it, it. It said it was maybe not the first time that Jason and Dick meet, but the first time they go out on a a, a mission together. I guess. Uh oh. That would be cool. Another another little retcon, because I I I don't know. Like I hate to be like the the continuity nerd, but I already know the first time they met, pre and post crisis. But I'm I, honestly, I I think I would be kind of okay with them, um, ditching that story because it's it's a little too angsty for my tastes. Um, that that was for anyone who's curious during the Jim Starlin run where, Dick shows up. Because they, they kind of, like, established this new dynamic they'd had where he basically got fired. And um, he shows up and has, like, a very, like, angsty conversation with Bruce where he's just like, well, how come you were so quick to replace me? You didn't even tell me. And then Bruce gets pissed and he's just like, I missed you, okay? And then he's like, get the fuck out of my cave. I don't want to see you right now. And um, that's when Dick and Jason really, like, team up and they're like, okay. Uh, we know Bruce is kind of an asshole sometimes, but we should at least be friends because we kind of need that for each other. Yeah. But I, I, th I think if they kind of relax Bruce that... Bruce isn't going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if they, if they relax that that story, I, I honestly wouldn't mind because it, it was a little too edgy. Where just like, I think it was post-crisis and they were trying to do like a very serious take on the, you know, Dick and Bruce relationship. And I don't know, it was, it was, a, little, it was a little silly, but anyway... I is think it? going for a straight retake on that is something that would be way outside of what Tom Taylor would typically do. So I think we're probably going to get a retcon. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, I don't mean to put too much faith in a creator, but, I mean, I've got faith in this creator. I think that uh, he's been fantastic with Nightwing, and he's always got a great grasp on the characters that he's writing. Now, he's not written a character quite like Red Hood before. We did do right. it in DC stuff, if I remember correctly. But in deceased, um, well, yeah, yeah, and deceased. But I mean, that wasn't. I I, I guess that I, I would say that that wasn't exactly your typical Red Hood either. He was a uh, he was a little bit more loving and emotional. I mean, he still killed people, but yeah, <laughs> they were technically already dead. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's okay though. Yeah, but for anyone who's interested, I think the issue is Batman 416, or it might be 417, um, Starlin, Aparo, that whole team. It's like 1988, so it's very very angsty. It's very like Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One era style of writing. So if if you're just curious to read that, you can check it out there. But if if they relax that a little bit and it's not quite as like, yeah, it's, it's not it's not quite as edgy. I, I honestly wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, we know you're not a big fan of edgy. You can't you can't even bring yourself to watch the Titans. I know. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what they say. You get cut on edges. So, ah, uh, uh, I got the jokes tonight. I got the jokes tonight. And they're dad jokes. I yeah, much I appreciate know. them. Yeah. I feel like Rob is the new, well, soon to be new dad should be making these jokes. Yeah, kind of beating you to the punch I'm, I'm here. saving them all. Oh God! For when they're born. <laughs> I've yeah. been trying to use a skit against them when I'm talking them into doing the cartoon show. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, hop into some of our uh, honorable mention slash lightning round reviews before we get into our regular reviews for this week. So starting us off, uh, Josh is going to give us a quick little recap of Icon and Rocket. Now that that is out this week, it's continuing the Milestone Returns series of books, so um, I'll let him give us all the details. I wasn't even really going to get into all the details. I want everyone to go out and buy these books from Milestone. Um, so I, this is completely spoiler-free, and I'm just going to jazz about it for a second. I think that they've made it pretty damn clear that they are not going to be joining the DC main universe, at least not for a while, but I think that that is pretty badass. Um, keep in mind that in, I think it was Icon and Rocket, but it may, no, I think it was Hardware, where... And they never say it by name, of course, but where this alien baby lands on Earth and he dies. Interesting. Mm. I, I don't remember that in hardware, but... Um, it, then yeah. it's Icon and Rocket. Yeah. I can't remember which okay. one it is, but that definitely does happen. And yeah. like I said, they don't they don't say it's Superman, but, I mean, it's Superman. Yeah, because I, uh, I, I haven't been keeping up, honestly, that much with Icon and Rocket. It's mostly just been static in hardware for me. Blasphemer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it when it's all finished. It's only six issues, so I'll, I'll be able yeah. to catch up once it's done. But, yep. So I, th- I think the Dakotaverse is just fine. I want, I do want to see these guys cross over. That would be, that would be epic for at least a small arc. They don't have to CW it all the time, and yeah. these characters are strong enough to carry their own titles. But some crossovers would be cool. 
these books are really good. I highly recommend all three that I've been reading from the Milestone uh, universe. Milestone Returns is something I've wanted to happen for a long ass time. Please go out and buy these books. The creators are amazing. The stories are really good. And the art you will fall in love with. Nice. Well, for speaking sure. of things that you've been excited for for a decent while and also have some amazing art, uh, the next book that I want to mention is uh, Human Target, actually the Human Target number one uh, by Greg Tom Smallwood. King, Greg Smallwood <laughs> and Clayton Cowles. Um, Greg Smallwood kind of having a, a bigger uh, opportunity in the DC universe outside of the one short story he did for Batman Black and White. So this was already really exciting for, for anyone who's familiar with his work. Um, yeah, and, and man, then, he, he like kicked it up a notch for this one too. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, gorgeous. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get too into details about the story. It's, you know, it's very classic noir story. You know, someone's trying to kill Lex Luthor. And if you know anything about the human target, that's kind of his game of, trying to find out who's trying to kill you and get them before they get you. Um, yep. But like like a lot of the revival characters that Tom King has, I have a very weird history with them prior to him like relaunching them. I, I don't know why. It's almost like he has like a direct link to my brain, and he's like, what are the weird <laughs> characters that Brandon has been exposed to that I want to dig up? Because um, I remember like one of the first issues of Action Comics I ever got when I went to New York with my family was uh, like an old, like beat up copy of Action from it's like a dollar bin or something. And mm -hmm. right on the cover is Superman teaming up with the Omega Men. And I was like, who are they? Um, and then I remember <laughs> years later going to a library and seeing the Omega Men. I was like, oh my God, it's them. Someone's doing a series about the Omega Men. Um, so it was like, it was like then that. It was Tom King. Yeah, it was like it was yeah. that, and then you know, with Strange Adventures, I think the first time I'd seen Adam Strange was in Young Justice in like 2013, and I was like, this guy seems cool. He's like got a you know jetpack, and he's on this alien planet, and he's got the beautiful princess and all that stuff. And then, bam! Eight years later, Strange Adventures, someone's doing an Adam Strange book. Um, Imagine that. Yeah, I know. So the Human Target again, same thing. Like I was rifling through a dollar bin at. Uh, one of my favorite comic stores in L.A., and I happened upon this random Vertigo series from like a million years ago called Human Target. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I saw Cliff Chang's name on the cover, and I'd read Paper right. Girls, and I was like, all right, I'll read this because I like Cliff Chang. And it was actually pretty good. It was the Peter Milligan run on Human Target, and I was just like, this is like a super cool concept, and I love it. Um, so it, anyway, I, that's what made, that's what makes that character cool, dude. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like human target is just one of those classic, like DC ideas of like, this is just a cool concept. Let's just run with it. So yeah, Christopher chance, you know, becomes, assumes the identity of someone who is about to be murdered, uh, to kind of like weed out the murderer and then bring them to justice. Um, and my, my hope is that if this series does well enough, they'll reprint some of the old, old Human Target stuff that I didn't even find out until much later in uh, Detective cool. Comics. And that's like Len Wein and Carmine, or not Carmine Infantino. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, fuck. I, the other guy. I'm going to get roasted for that. <laughs> um, Dick Giordano, that's his name. Dick Giordano. Yeah, it's Len Wein, Dick Giordano. And those stories are great. Um, if you, if you can, I mean, they're really hard to track down, so you might have to use some other means to get them, but 
Um, I, I'm hoping that DC will will like take this as like an incentive to reprint those old stories because they're they're surprisingly uh, enjoyable. But yeah, Human Target from Tom King and Greg Smallwood. I would definitely recommend checking it out. This is a, a pretty strong first issue, and I'm I'm hoping it doesn't go too off the rails. Um, but um, at the very least, it will look very pretty, um, and it's always nice to see like these classic characters. Um, so I, I made a list, and I want you guys to give me your thoughts on it. Um, what is oh. the next like C slash D level character that Tom King should resurrect next? And I, I have McSummel my own pick. list. What's that? McSummel pick. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe that. I, I was thinking more like a hero type. So I, I had um, Challengers of the Unknown, Iwana okay. Beast, Whoa. Snapper Car, Manhunter, but like the first Manhunter. Wait, wait. Did you say Buana Beast? Yeah, Buana Beast. Oh, that is a fucking deep cut. Yeah, I know. That's why. <laughs> no, literally, that was that and Challenge of the Unknown were the two ones that came to my mind first because I was like, I know for a fact that um, he would he would find some way to tell. A, you know, a very sad twelve issue story about them. Um, but I, I think I think I could I could see him doing something with the Challengers of the Unknown, just because yeah. I know he's a, he's a big fan of Kirby and Challengers of the Unknown is basically like the proto Fantastic Four before Kirby went to Marvel. Yeah. Yep, sure is. Yeah. I dude, I thought that this was a pretty strong first issue too. Again, it is King, so I'm hesitant. But I, I mean, it was definitely worthy of an eight. And I mean, the way that this is written, this might be where King belongs. We're, I'm gonna reserve my judgment all the way, but this was actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Before I shut up about this, I have to ask you guys, what did you think of King's Omega Man? Oh, I loved it. It's still one of my favorite stories. And I remember the first time I read it, it just I like fell in love with it instantly. Where I, I again, it was like I had seen them once in a random issue of action comics and i was like the omega man okay whatever and then you know i saw that name later and i was like all right let's let's do this let's check it out and i just i was like it, it was just such a, an interesting story from start to finish um yeah i don't know I, th was, I think that was the point where i was like yeah I, I really like you know this version of the omega man we all know why you liked that version of the omega man Oh, why? Because they almost kill Kyle in it. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, he, he, hey, he he actually has some pretty big moments in that run. So yeah. I mean, he does, he yeah. does. But they 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 try to kill him, and that's not cool, man. Hey, you guys, superheroes have got to go through their adversity every now and then. You know what I'm saying? And that's true. Yeah, that's true. It was a hell of a book. I did not like the fact that he tried to kill Kyle, but at least he didn't kill kill Kyle. I mean, that yeah, was the no, only he... thing that actually brought me to that book. All the advertisements leading up to it teased Kyle dying. Like, yeah, I, I, I need well, to read I mean, this to see how it's going to happen. Die, but he if I'm not die. mistaken, but he didn't stay dead. No, yeah. well, they they cut his throat, but he didn't die. He was just yeah. like wounded, and then they they basically just radicalized him into joining the Omega Men, and then you know he eventually became the Omega Lantern and that whole thing. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that was that. I mean, I don't know. I, th I thought that was a pretty high point for Kyle, and I was like, "All right, whatever, Yeesh. whatever." You don't, think, you don't think the White Lantern was a pretty high point for Kyle? Yeah. Oh well, no, I mean he was still, yeah, he was he was still the well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Kyle Rayner, yeah. but um, no, yeah, I, well, I mean, 
there was definitely a time where I was like, I was I was fascinated by that period of Green Lantern history, and I still have a ton of the, some of like the, because you can find them in any dollar bin. They are so cheap um, mm-hmm. of the '90s Green Lantern series. So I just had a huge stockpile of them. But I think once I got through that, I was like, all right, I'm kind of I'm kind of cool. And then I think he had some cool moments <laughs> in the Green Lantern Corps series with like Guy. But after that, I was kind of like, all right, I'm kind of done with you, Kyle. Hal Jordan's cooler. <laughs> That's um, funny. All right, should we uh, should we move on to our last uh, little honorable mention? I think so. Yeah. All right. All right. So this is Dickadoffs. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. DC's me? Dark Knights of Steel. Oh god, I thought you said a dirty word at first. <laughs> 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 Uh, so this is a passion project from Tom Taylor. He, he said as the book was on its way when he announced it that he is a huge fantasy nerd and he, he's had a story brewing in his <laughs> mind since he was a, a, a young lad. Oh, it and shows. he's so happy that he's finally able to build this world and what an artist to go with him. Yasmin Putri just blew me Nails away it. with... Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm so glad that um, she is doing interior stuff now. Like, I mean, she right? does amazing covers, but you know, it's sometimes it's hard going from a cover artist to an interior artist. But I really thought you she get a lot it. more time on a cover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I felt. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt like she nailed it here. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, oh, especially yeah. <laughs> in this like this specific setting. Yeah. It's it's the perfect world. Mm. For her, uh, absolutely. Yeah. This this shows it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that haven't checked it out, just to give you a brief glimpse, what we have is a look into a medieval world featuring all the heroes you love, with <laughs> twists and turns that will amaze you and beautiful visuals to accompany it. Honestly, one of my favorite twists was, uh, and I'll I'll say this is kind of a spoiler, so I'll give you a fair warning. But it's at the very beginning of the book, so it's not the biggest spoiler in the entire book because it's Tom Taylor. There's lots of spoilers for the book. Kal-El coming to Earth while his mother is still pregnant. Oh. That's that's one of the many twists that are going to help you fall in love with the story. Yeah. And some of the choices that he's made for some of these characters for the medieval setting, I think just makes sense. They're pleasing to the mind. It's well-written, wonderfully drawn. And the ending of this issue was just so fucking... I didn't see it, it coming was. for sure. Yeah, yes. and neither did uh, Jor-El either. <laughs> I got the right. jokes tonight. I got the jokes tonight. <laughs> but I, I I can't stand period pieces like basically in any form of media. What the fuck? Some kind of siren going on. Oh yeah, no sorry, there's like but kind of emergency outside. Everyone knows I'm a Tom Taylor fan. That's not, you know, a secret by any means, but I, I after reading this issue, I want to firmly say I believe Tom Taylor is the king of alternate universes. I, I can agree with that. That's and the idea of Constantine narrating the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty sick. Yeah, I like it. He's a little kid. Well, not a little kid. He's like a teenager. Yeah, he's young. But <laughs> he's he's know. not even like the the Merlin of the story. He's just a a kid that can see the future which is just wild yeah everything's a little different i love it i'm sold i really am <laughs> yep full on this one would get an 8.5 out of 10 
Yeah, I gave this a 9.5 out of 10. I, I <laughs> wish I could read it five more times for the first time. Nice. All right, well, we will be moving into our regular reviews for this week, starting with Teen Titans Academy number seven. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yes, sir. All right. TTA was written by Tim Sheridan with art from the team of Rafa Sandoval, Jory Tarragona, and Alex Sinclair with letters from Rob Lee wrapped in a cover from Sandoval and Alejandro Sanchez. That's my boy. That's my favorite colorist. It goes him and then to Momori. Uh, but this starts out where it was before. Greg is sided with Grog. Some believe it, some don't. Some don't even know about it for now. But they uh, they created distraction long enough for a lightning fast talk with Greg, who does seem concerned about their safety. I guess it might be because they all fall under his spell, except for Summer, who officially gets called Black Ice in this issue for the first time. Other than that, cover of the book when she was introduced and then she was never called in but she's referred to that like now and wow her powers look wicked cool when they kick in I, do you, I, I, I love that panel man that was pretty sick mm -hmm. but uh, she talks to Greg and it turns out that he's blocking Grodd's control of her but he can only do it to one person so he sends her back to the titan's tower to get help for everyone and that's what she does but they show up and they're immediately underneath grod's control so i don't know what they were thinking there but uh, everyone is under his control but her still as they fight she freezes the device that he's using to amplify his powers because you know there's always is one with no one else around they start to fight grod gets a little smarmy and greg realizes that grod wants him so much because he knows that Greg could whoop his psychic ass. So that's what that's what Greg does, and he knocks him out. Then he gets then he chastises him. Later, Greg is all mopey and shit because he didn't take Grodd out when he had the chance, and worries everybody hates him because of it. Even though Changeling is sitting in his room trying to talk him, talk to him, and you know say, "No, dude, you're wrong. Everybody, it's cool." But uh, Greg then writes a letter to Grodd saying that they're different and they're both where they need to be right now. And then through the mail, he sends him a quart of vanilla crunch or something ice cream with the letter. I can't imagine that they're so close that the ice cream wouldn't melt sitting in the post office mailbox for at least a night. Yeah. But in any case, on the next page, Grodd has escaped from prison. And he's sitting right outside the fence, eating the ice cream. <laughs> I, it was a good, a good end to bringing Grodd in. I like it. I like the book, but I do think that this book really needs to get back on track. Though I, though I love the characters and I do like this issue, I don't want it to turn into a bunch of silly, inconsequential Legends of Tomorrow kind of stories. It started off tied to quite a few different arcs going on, and now I'm worried it's going to go fluff. We haven't seen shit about Red X. There's been nothing more about the Suicide Squad. So I'm kind of like a where are we at kind of situation. I hope that worry is for nothing, but uh, this issue on its own, it's still good, though. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm ready for more Red X. I really want to say this is really just their their summer break kind of story, and then when we get into the 
second semester in what issue eight which still blows my mind that we'll get right back into all the connections and the red x mystery hopefully this is just it, it was an enjoyable it was a nice pause and i hope that's all it was just a pause and hell you can take that as a pun as well because gorillas mm. but yeah nice. I, I enjoyed it 7.5 for me i think it was really good the, the only thing that confuses me is even in the dc universe would a gorilla even a psychic one get sent to a prison maybe didn't they put uh what's his face grod in uh um iron heights threw him in there a couple times at least yeah, so I I guess, see, oh maybe yeah yeah i, I guess right. i it guess they seems don't it's weird to me to throw yeah. a, 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 i know <laughs> like, he's a talking like I don't know if he's a psychic gorilla, but a gorilla nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess they just have that policy where they're just like, eh, metahuman gorilla, yeah. throw him in the prison. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this one is all right. I, I ended up giving it a 7.5. Like, yeah, it is nice, but it's just, uh, it was just kind of there. I didn't really do anything. And um, I don't know. I, I felt like I needed a bit more of an interesting hook, an interesting story for it to really blow me away so yeah 7.5 not terrible but not great just kind of there yeah i wouldn't mind more of these stories when they finish the whole red x story because you've set that up you've teased it for so long and you've mm. sold us on it and so give us that yeah, and then right. i i still really enjoyed this i love these little stories with these characters so keep these coming but give us red x first yeah yeah all right, well, on to our next book for this week, and that is The Swamp Thing, number nine. No longer a 10-issue series, but an ongoing, continuing for all of time, we hope. Uh, that, of course, <laughs> is brought to us from Ram V, with art from Mike Perkins, colors from Mike Spicer, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. Um, now, Jennifer Reese, a hostage of Prescott Industries, is given a little history lesson from Harper Pilgrim, the current CEO of Prescott. In the history of the green, its ties to colonialism and its importance to the foundation and growth of Prescott Industries, and uh, and he really seems to kind of uh, drill this one home, its potential future uses with the cooperation of Levi and Jennifer. And just as Pilgrim lays down his ultimatum, Levi's brother shows up to wreak havoc and nearly kills Prescott before the sudden intervention of Levi he knows that this is not the way to bring down Prescott. Uh, a better way exists, and he will guide his brother to it by force, it seems, as their battle pretty much knocks down the entire Prescott research facility. Uh, but Pilgrim's got one last trick up his sleeve as he's flying away in his helicopter. What that is, well, you'll have to tune in next month for the conclusion to this arc, but not the conclusion to the series. Um, pretty great chapter, as usual. I think a little short um it just for me it seemed to really fly by um but i i think at this point in the series if you don't have a sense of you know not only where things are going but what the story is really all about and the ideas of the green as this you know conduit of information and all that stuff like that stuff's pretty clear right now so you know if, if you have a sense of all that you should be enjoying the story no problem but um, it was de it was definitely kind of a shorter chapter for me, and I think it lost a couple points for that. I might have liked a little bit more substance because it really is just like, you know, Pilgrim explains the green, Levi's brother shows up, Levi intervenes, Pilgrim flies away, the end. So just I think I think a little shorter than I might have liked, but um, I'm yeah. hoping that 
next month we'll kind of have the big, you know, loud conclusion that uh, that'll set up what's coming next in issue 11. So I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10. The art from Mike Perkins is, as always, absolutely transcendent. It's amazing. It's beautiful to look That's at. A good word. Yeah. Man. It is. I mean, as it should be for any Swamp Thing book. You want this shit to be, you know, transcendent. Like you're plugged into a, you know, fucking different dimension or something. Like you, you took some psilocybin yeah. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it just, it's, it's a great book, but I think this one was just a little bit shorter and I could kind of feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like it went by really fast. Uh, I got what I wanted out of it, though, because it does feel like the perfect setup for what I'm hoping we're getting in the next book, which is a hell of a clash between him and his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ron V has promised us that there's going to be a hell of a hell of a conclusion here that sets up the next one it's more it's more gonna be a uh how did he put it it's it's more gonna be like a half half set up for the next next part of the series right Mm. but we're supposed to get a lot of answers that i'm 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 totally cool with that give me more dude and like flat out if anybody asks me if there's a modern run of comic books that they can get into you without having to know shit and still have it be amazing, it is this run. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like a lot of Swamp Thing runs are, are kind of like that, where you can just get in on the ground level and just go, right? Like, you can... I could, you could very easily hand someone a copy of the, you know, Alan Moore stuff and just be like, okay, read this. And they're like, uh, I don't know. And then they read it, and it blows their freaking mind. Right. I think, like, an Alan Moore book... While there, there you can't argue, especially the Swamp Thing run, it's fucking fantastic. But mm. it can be a bit heady for somebody that's brand new to comic books. So I, oh yeah, I think I, that's I, why I would give it to them though. I just want I want them to like lose their minds. But I, I'm probably terrible <laughs> for recommendations. I can, I consistently recommend Flex Mentalo, and then I don't have friends anymore because they get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't, I don't know what the fuck I just read. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta dip you gotta have them dip their feet into yeah. you know at least tepid water before you throw the acid <laughs> on them. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Doom Patrol's a little funky, man. Yeah, no, I throw people straight into the deep end. I'm like, just fucking learn to swim. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna carry you on that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. excellent. The the only thing I could say about this is just knowing that season two is coming is getting me really excited to see yeah. how this ends yeah as, yeah, as much I'm... as i'm loving this but just so we can get a tease of the next story because i like you, you said you can kind of see where this is going we're at that point in the story now where it's winding down and we're going to get to the big climactic finish yeah and then we're going to get more story and i just i want that now i'm so ready for it yes sir <laughs> is it so the the artists are staying the same, right? The rest of the creative team is yeah, staying with Rom V. I believe Mike Perkins is staying on the book, and then you know obviously Rom V is staying on the book, and then yeah. I, I assume you know colors and letters aren't going to change. So yeah, I, I assume it's just going to be the same team. You know, probably a couple fill-in artists here and there, so they can catch up if they get behind. Good. Honestly, my biggest bummer about this is the break in between. 
Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> well, at, the, at the very least, it, it gives you enough time to kind of process everything, give some some people to, uh, a chance to maybe, if they didn't get to read it, to actually read it and finish it, and then... Um, it's not know. a bad... It's not a bad idea. Yeah, and Honestly, yeah. I mean, I think this is done because the Swamp Thing run that he's pulling off is doing well. Mm. Because, yeah. I mean, he said he was pulling back from everything because of his new baby. And I, I can't argue with that. I totally understand that. But he's making room for Swamp Thing. And I think that, you know, they were willing to give him that few months off just to keep it going and i i can't blame him man yeah no and i mean it, it seems like you know rom was just getting i don't want to speak out for him but it seems like he was definitely getting busy with work too because i mean he had jld and of course the swamp thing and so much uh was finishing up layla star and then getting ready for radio apocalypse and then he talked about uh him and evan cagle are pitching a new book mm. and then um obviously venom over at marvel um, and then Catwoman too, so yeah. there's just a Wait, lot of stuff. I didn't hear about the Venom shit. Yeah, no, he's he's doing Venom over at Marvel. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. him and uh, Al Ewing. That'll be great. It's coming out next week, actually. I think. Oh sweet. Oh yeah. Sweet. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Him, Al Ewing, Brian Hitch, definitely the the dream team right there. Brian and Hitch. then. Um, I know, right? <laughs> I didn't I, know that. <laughs> crazy, yeah. I know they really they really pull out the stops for this one. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I have my theories because I know he he's pulling away from Justice League Dark, but they said they're still trying to do stuff with Justice League Dark. Um, so I I have my theories as to who's going to be next on that book, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. I know who I'd like to see, and I I know that's like my top theory, but again. I can't. Uh, I can't you gotta it. spill it. Say it. Yeah. Well, okay. Say it so, so it happens. That's what we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so they have the Justice League Dark Annual coming up in like a couple months, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, because I know, I was actually gonna mention this later, but I know that um, Rom and Dan Waters, who's gonna be co-writing that annual, are friends and are. They, they're in like this like studio collective called the white noise it's like rom dan waters and alex packnadel they're all brits so it works out perfectly for them um and uh i i know i know that he had talked for a while about wanting to bring in dan for justice league dark because dan is a big fan of constantine so my suspicion was that that was kind of going to be a setup for a new justice league dark book that they were going to do that was going to be written by Dan Waters, which I would like, but um, you know, I guess we'll have to see if that actually comes to pass. But that's my that's my theory because it feels like everything is perfectly aligning for that. And it would I mean, be it, it would makes be sense. yeah, it would be a good way to not have to read Justice League anymore if you want to read about the Justice League Dark. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Rob, did you give your score? I don't. No, it's like eight point seven five out of ten for me. Eight point five on my end. Nice, nice. All right. Well, move on to our next book this week. Uh, I believe the penultimate issue of uh, Fear State, or if it I'm not mistaken. But is if I yeah. remember right. Yeah. Yeah, I think because uh, think so. There may be second, like an 
Yeah, maybe, there may be like an alpha after this. It's like a uh, an epilogue, but I think this is the penultimate one. So, yeah. Rob, I'm gonna let you take it away and give us all the details on Fear State Part all Five. Right. So this is from writer James Tynan the Fourth, with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors from Toma Mori, and letters from Clayton Cowles. The magistrate has invaded Ivy's Eden, but Ghostmaker is there to defend it, and defend it he does, ever so badassly. Despite that, Queen Ivy has had enough. She starts sending vines and growth through the underground of Gotham with the intent to bring it all down. Batman and Molly, however, are running through the sewers to find the mind machine, and they do find it, but with Scarecrow too. Batman begins to talk him down, but Crane uses the mind tech on Molly, making her scream out in fear and pain. And Crane now monologues his plan with Sean Mahoney, Batman takes that time to throw a batarang at the remote Crane uses to control all the fear. Crane dives and catches it, but before he monologues too far, Sean wakes up and shoots Crane in the back. Batman grabs the remote and frees Molly, and now he has to deal with Sean, who's up and more on his goal than ever before. He's going to kill Crane and Simon Saint to save the city. The only thing standing in his way now is Batman. The two have an epic brawl while Molly tries to fix the mind machine. The problem is there's too many changes to it because of Crane. Luckily, he is still alive to help her figure it out. Back underground, Wise is planning to uh, sorry, Wise is pleading with Ivy to stop her attack, but she's not going to listen. But maybe she will listen to herself though as Harley, the gardener, and the other Ivy have arrived. Maybe it's just me. But I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of over this event. Yeah, it's it's been it's a little shaky yeah. for me. It doesn't have an well, event feel. No, no it just and feels it, like a regular story. Yeah, and I, I don't even, I mean, even that, it just, I don't know, for me at least, it, all of it just felt kind of, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but it felt a little disjointed. Like, yeah, it, feels it like felt lazy as shit. It felt, yeah. honestly, it felt like Tynan was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, no, it, it felt very much like... I had that same thought where it was like, I'm out the door, so yep. like, yep. <laughs> let's just get this yep. shit done. He was like, nothing will make you fuckers happy anyways. Here. Yeah. I'm, out, I'm already I'm already out the door. Like, I get that Substack money, so, you know, yeah. let's just get this. Like, it, it literally feels like the epitome of, like, um, like it's, it's 1 a.m. and you have a paper due at 8 a.m. And you're like, let's just get this shit done, like, as yeah. fast as we can. Um, but it just feels cluttered. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cluttered and loose. Yeah. At the same yeah. time. I mean, the art is great. Like Jorge is just drawing mm-hmm. his heart out, and I it just kind of pains oh, yeah. me that the story uh, he definitely isn't. Deserves praise. Yeah, it, it just pains me that the story isn't quite there. So, yeah. I I actually ended up rounding this one up to an eight. It was originally at a seven point five, and I think that was mostly because of the art. So I'll keep it at an eight. But um, needless to say, this event has been a little bit scattered yeah that's one way to put it um i gave it a 7.25 and i mean honestly that's in large part due to the art a lot of stuff does happen here scarecrow gets shot peacekeeper wants to kill everybody even simon saint molly in the mind machine ivy want to destroy everything but it's 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 even worse than a, watching a table tennis tournament. Hey, table it's tennis just, tournaments can be a lot of fun. If you see yeah, the way I know. these guys play, 
I have, man. They're fucking insane. <laughs> well, the back and forth and the jumping all around and the oh, ping pong yeah. of it all. It's Fair just enough. okay. Not, I didn't mean to insult the sport of table tennis. <laughs> so sorry. Now everyone's going to come ball. for us, I guess. <laughs> all the tennis players that you follow on Twitter are going to come for us. Damn it. This just in, not a robot has pissed off professional table tennis. Yeah, I know. That'll be the next article on Bleeding Cool tomorrow. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Screw you guys, I'm going home. And then the following week, it'll be on comicbook.com. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it... need that kind of noise. <laughs> and look, this arc is concluding in, what, two weeks? Yep. So, I mean, yeah. let's see what they do, but literally, it's got two choices. It's going to be amazing, or it's going to suck. There's not a lot of gray area in between. And even though this did look beautiful, even though a lot of the stuff did start to come together, this very well felt like a half-assed attempt at the setup for a conclusion. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of that score has to do because of the art. Like, lazy ass. I'm disappointed. Yeah, and and I wonder if a part of it, at least for me, and maybe this is maybe this is just a personal thing, but I think, like when you know that a, a writer's run is coming to the end, like at least for me, my mind already starts to prepare for what's coming next. So I'm kind of just like, all right, let's let's move on, right? Because I'm I'm just kind of ready for whatever the next writer has in store, and I think that is also kind of contributing. Like I I almost wish that we didn't know so immediately who the next permanent writer was going to be on Batman because I'm already like all right I already have a you know a suspicion of how this story is going to wrap up what's Williamson going to do like I'm, I'm kind of ready for it to be over I just want to see what comes next who who is going to be Batman I'm sorry who who is going to be Batman who is going to be Batman if I'm not mistaken at the end of the next issue Batman leaves Gotham for Europe is that that true Oh yeah, no. I just I meant like what's what's next for Bruce? Like what's next in this book? Like what what's the next part of the story? He's um, gonna go over to fucking Belgium and hang out with Henri Ducard. Yeah, no. And I think I think mentally I'm just like, all right, let's let's get to that place, and you know we can be done with um yeah. with Fear State. Yeah. The only thing that's keeping me going on this story is the Ivy subplot because <laughs> I've been following that to a T and she's one of my favorite Batman rogues uh, for that reason in the art I gave it an 8.25 but that is with a big asterisk mm-hmm. um, the art definitely deserves praise that single page each of Mahoney and Batman I thought were brilliant I, I yeah those are great far too many minutes staring at that single page of Batman just it was beautiful I know like I oh. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I'm normally not aware of tropes in comic books and stories, but, and I mentioned this during my synopsis, I was so aware of Crane just monologuing his plan, and it's such a, a silly trope that the villain will just waste time with the hero standing there <laughs> listening while they, they monologue and go through all this shit, and I, I just, I couldn't, I had to stop and just... Is this actually fucking happening right now? Roll your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big event. This is the penultimate chapter, and we're getting a fucking villain monologue. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, I, I still, like, at the core of it, I still think the idea is cool. Like, oh, I want to, this almost, like, um, very, very Darwinian version of Scarecrow that's like, I want to evolve Gotham City. I'm like, oh, I, it's, it's kind of a cool idea. It's just yeah. the execution is so, I don't know, basic. Laxadaisical. Exactly. Yeah, there's another new review word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh. yeah I, I get what you're saying. It's It, it had so much potential, and yeah. it's just kind of fallen by the wayside. It's a damn shame, really. I know. But I, I will say, for as much as I love seeing Jorge drop Batman, I literally cannot wait for the day, nay, the second that Jorge does a creator-owned book, that's gonna look so good. Yes. I, I think that every time we get a new issue of Batman, I'm just like, I cannot wait to see what you would do outside of superheroes. Mm-hmm. It was like the same thing with um, um, God, what was his name? It'll come to me later, but like, um, I just I was like, I, I cannot wait to see um Francis Manipal. He's ah, been amazing right. for so long. And finally got to do a creator-owned book with Scott Snyder called Clear. I was like, you were literally born for this. Like, this is everything that you did well in Flash and Detective Comics, but outside of that. So, I'm like, Jorge, I'm, I'm waiting. I want to see it, buddy. Hell, I, I can want... I can even write it for you. I mean, I could not afford your page rate, but if you oh, want to no. pitch, hit me up. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, yeah, a creator-owned book with... Uh, Jimenez in it would be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I can't believe I I'm going to say this. Okay, first let me say there's a couple different things I would love to see from uh, from Alejandro. There Alejandro. I was thinking of Sanchez. He <laughs> could be the colorist. Yeah. Is yeah. that would be cool as shit. Um. But I would love to see a space horror. Yeah, I would. I would love to see some kind of like cyberpunk setting, and I would love to see him do something in like the Victorian era. Interesting. I could definitely and, see the cyberpunk one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we can see that so easily because of what he's done in Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But la- last but not least, and this is odd for me to say, but I really would love to see him draw Spider-Man. Oh, I would love to see him oh, draw Spider-Man. Yeah. That would be sick, man. Yeah. No, we we already we already. I mean, you know, um, fortunately, you guys are not on the Marvel show with us, even though we would love to have you. But um, <clears throat> I was gonna say we already we already got uh, Pat Gleason to come over from the dark side over to Marvel to draw Spider Man, and it is like oh, every page is like Chef's kiss. It's just so good. Awesome. <laughs> I haven't checked it out, obviously. I can't come on to the Marvel show unless we get a Doctor Strange ongoing, a Moon Knight ongoing, some Uh, old school defenders, and then bring back the Darkhold and the Midnight Suns. Then we'll talk. I mean, it's it's funny you mention that because I'm pretty sure all of those are happening right now. Yeah, I was literally about to say. I I, I am am reading the Moon Knight. We have the Moon Knight ongoing. We have a Defenders, like classic style Defenders mini from Al Ewing. And there's the dark. Oh no! Shit. Event. Yeah, yeah, there's the dark hold event going on. Um, yeah. It is from Steve Orlando, so I don't know if you would have problems with that, but it's. Oh no it's no okay. no no no! It's a matter of fact. Even if I don't like it, it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be awesome. Yeah. Sweet. 
Okay, Marvel Comics, you've heard the stipulations. Josh is now a <laughs> yeah. lifelong Marvel reader. It's, it's happened. Uh, I wouldn't exactly. go that far. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say definitely check out the um, the Defenders mini. It's been a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Al Ewing on Defenders, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a trip. Who's the, who, who's the team? It's um like the creative team or the... The, the, the actual team. The it is um, Doctor Strange, of course. Uh, the mm. Mask Raider. Um, oh, wow. Um, uh, Betty Silver Banner. Silver Yeah, Silver Surfer. Uh, Betty Banner um, in like her monster persona. And then, right. um, um, what's her name? It's it's like another like a, an old old like deep cut defenders character, but I'm I'm blanking on their name right now. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's it's a pretty crazy team. It sounds pretty crazy. Uh yeah. maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, I think I mean it's like got three issues out right now, and uh, it's uh, it's been a hell of a time so far. But anyway, getting off topic, let's get back to Batman to Gotham City as we catch you up on Batgirls Part 2. Josh, I'll let you take it away. Part 2 of 3, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art provided by Jorge Corona and Sarah Stern, and Becca Carry On Letters. As a result of the Batwoman story in Urban Legends, where a fake video of Cass killing was put out, the Batgirls are now considered a highly armed terrorist cell. So the magistrate gets to go all out for them. And by all out, I mean pretty much decimating the Gotham Clock Tower. It keeps these two in the spotlight, even if only minimally. And I don't think that they should be left out. I mean, Steph, yeah, she's a cool character. I love Cass. Uh, Orphan is so cool. The idea of Orphan is so cool. And watching her, you know, slowly become more... God, I guess human. <laughs> that's 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 a pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing to read, man. But um, I think so far it's been done pretty well, and I really look forward to the next one. Yeah. Which one? Which one do you like more? Do you like Do you like Spoiler or Orphan more? Oh, I've always been like such a huge fan of Steph. Like I've had such an irrational love for Steph. There's like a whole community online of people that are just obsessed with Steph and. I mean, yeah. And you're a part of it. I'm definitely a part of it. Um, it also helped by the fact that I, I had a massive crush on Spoiler. Um, so there was that too. But <laughs> Cass is great. Love Cass. And their relationship in this book is, is great. It is. I, I like them. They, they are polar opposites, but it works really good. It's a Batgirls is a hell of a team. I don't think I gave my score on this one yet. I, it's a 7.75 out of 10. And honestly, even with a, the half-ass effort with the first part of this book, the book as a whole is an improvement from the Batman titles that we've seen over the last month, give or take a week. So I will take that. The rest of the, 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 what, the past month or so, I've been putting the Batman books in my stink list. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that this one doesn't deserve to be there this time. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm enjoying the the backup as well. I like how it's connecting to the overall story as much as an overall story as we're getting in Fear State. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. The, the art's very interesting. And the overall, I, I gave the whole book a 7.75. Yeah, the, <laughs> the backup got an 8 for me. It was just a lot of fun. Um, and I, I'm just super stoked for the new Batgirl series that's coming. And um, yes. yeah, I just, uh, I, I, ho- I hope it's like in this theme where it's like, you know, just cast, staff, just teaming up, getting into crazy missions and stuff. And, I love it. So um, the whole book got an eight out of ten for me, even if the main story was a little disappointing. Uh, whole book was seven point five for me because of the run of it pulling it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everybody, we're gonna take a break, but we will be right back to cover the rest of this week's issues. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, we are back, and we are hopping into our reviews, starting with Arkham City, The Order of the World, number two. This is brought to us by Dan Waters with writing, Danny on art, colors from Dave Stewart, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. So Dr. Double X is trapped in the basement of a crack house, basically, being used by junkies, while the police are searching for him and the other Arkham inmates, uh, the Ten-Eyed Man doesn't feel like he can trust Dr. Joy completely, uh, and vice versa, but he's still willing to confide to her the secret location of Dr. Double X using his mysterious map, um, and she takes that information to Detective Stone to let him know that he is somewhere in the Bowery. Um, meanwhile, in another part of the city... Um, the crazed Azrael we've seen in Urban Legends is on a wild mission from God to cleanse the city of sinners and make penance for his own damaged soul. And he has received, As one might do. Uh, yeah, of course, with his flaming sword. And he has received word from on high that his mission is also in the Bowery. So Azrael and Stone both converge on the crack den, um, allowing Dr. Double X to escape momentarily before being beaten senseless by Azrael. Um, now, Dr. Joy, having you know heard that Double X was actually at that location, has a little bit more faith in the Ten-Eyed Man's powers and plans to use the map to find the other Archimites before the mysterious ghost, who may or may not be Azrael, has his vengeance. Um, I love this issue. Like, I really love this issue. I was a little lukewarm on the first one just because I, I wasn't really sure where it might be going. I, I like the premise of all these Archimites spilling into the city, um, but I, just, right. I I kind of needed a little bit more, and I was like, this one really hooked me. Um, and I loved that they found a way to incorporate, you know, everything that Azrael is going through and kind of, you know, blend that in with all the stuff that the Archimites are going through um, and, uh, and really kind of seeing how despite how mad the city is it's almost welcoming in a way to these you know crazy people i think ten-eyed man says it where he's basically just like the city tried to contain the madness that was in the city but now the madness is spilling back out into the city where it belongs and and rob's cat is co-signing because he knows (laughs) that i'm right about that absolutely Um, (laughs) but no it just like there was a lot of that stuff that i was like yeah this is like fucking awesome where you know, we really have this exploration of Gotham is such a madhouse, and now the madhouse really is embracing the mad people that are running in it, and um, it feels like a true Arkham City, as uh, as the Ten-Eyed Man says. So I loved it. The the art from Danny is so fitting for the story too. It's like murky and dark and etchy, and it's like 
Frank Miller on his Sin City shit. Like, it's just so good. It's um, really good. Yeah, so I just, I was like, all right, I'm fucking hooked on this issue. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go all the way with this series. So I ended up giving this one a 9 out of 10. I was just, loved it. All right, I was a little bit less than that, but not for a whole lot. I mean, I generally don't hit nines unless they're amazing. Mm. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, this doctor going up against Azrael, which isn't something we've ever really seen before. The Ten-Eyed Man is 100% certifi- blah, 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 can't talk. Mm. certifiably psychic, except sometimes maybe yes or maybe no. He's like us. We don't, oh, yeah, we don't know. Uh, my big problem that's in this book is the Azrael font. I can't stand it. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it kind of worked. It drove me nuts. It was just a little... I mean, I like the effect of it, but it was just a little bit too much for me to... Was it Was it just a little too hard to read? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Mm. And, like... The Scarecrow's font in Batman was is almost at that point. They're not the same style, mm. but it's almost at the point where it's a little difficult for my eyes to adjust to. Yeah, just because of my forty-two-year-old ass. I, don't know, <laughs> I can I can see that, but yeah, no, I think I think it worked for me because it was just like you can tell Azrael is like really lost it at this point. So everything he's saying is like shaky. So every every time he's like you know, Lord, send me a message from on high. You're like, oh, that font means he's fucking nuts. Which right. I think is perfect yeah. for Azrael. That that's true. Yeah. That is that is definitely true. <clears throat> but yeah, it's I, a little hard to read. I mean, yeah, it's mm. it's a little hard to oh, read. Oh yeah, I get that. Cool, but um, pulling pulling double X from shit the fifties. That's pretty cool. Well, I thought double X was dead. I had a little moment of like recoil just because I remember. That was how City of Bane started, where Double X was like, he was murdered, and like Joker and, and Two Face were like the Gotham detectives, and um, what's his face is like mad Bane's like mad twisted version of Gotham City. But may, maybe he wasn't dead. I have no idea. I completely forgot he was in that. Yeah, and I'm sure you and most people did too. <laughs> I, I I was just like I think because that start threw me off so much I just didn't forget it. I'm loving this. I'm glad you guys are loving this. It's definitely staying on my pull list. I gave it an eight point two five. Yeah, and um, I um I I I don't want to like pimp myself out too much here, but um, pimp. Yeah, well, I just I I think that we're in like this really exciting period in DC where there's just a lot of new talent kind of coming in and really, you know, showing off their stuff. And I think, um, I think people like, like Dan Waters and Stephanie Phillips and Rom V and Brandon Thomas and all those guys have just really been coming in with a lot of energy and passion and just kind of doing their thing. And it's, it's just really exciting. And so, um, I've just been really impressed and I, I hope, you know, after this little mini series that, uh, that both Dan and Danny um, get some more work in the DC universe. Like this is just a super cool idea, and I, I'd love to see what else you could do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Brandon Thomas too, man. He's he's been badass. Yeah, he's, and who's the it. other Brandon? Is it Easton? There's Brandon Easton. There's there's two yeah. Brandons working in DC yeah. right now, and 
I mean, I'm not. I I, I like both of them, man. I'm not saying anything, but I'm just like, hey, you can make it free. (laughs) I'm here. Hit me up whenever you need a a guy to fill in or something. Um, But no, in all all seriousness, uh, yeah, like I said, just a lot of like really cool, interesting new creators coming in and just showing off their talent, and it's it's great. And I think this this book is a great example of that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be able to argue with that. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of Brandon, oh, sorry, Rob. Hey, I was just. Massive. I wanted to say, like, I, I can't pinpoint who it could be, but maybe it's just I'm not numb to comics, but I'm so used to them. I don't think Ten-Eyed Man is the creepiest character in this story. I think Ten-Eyed Man might be the one character that makes the most sense. Yeah, he's got fingers on uh, eyes on his fingers. Yeah, that that makes sense. They all have different powers. Sure, it's comic books. Yeah, I get that. Who some of the them are accurate. Character? Some of them are not. Yeah. Yeah. Who Who is the creepiest character? Would you say? I don't know. I the doctor, the, the detective. <laughs> Maybe. I was thinking Maybe. Azrael. I think uh, like, yeah, he's Azrael, this, yeah. yeah, I was like Darkly in this crazy. setting, he is like really just lost it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been freaked out by Jervis Tatch a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did the Alice in Wonderland movies scare you as a kid? No, but Jervis Tatch certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Mind control? That's way worse than drinking yeah, tea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hallucinogenic, psychedelic tea. But yeah. yeah. We're in the spirit world, asshole. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Only old people will get that joke. <clears throat> you, uh, but yeah, did speak. Guys... Oh, did you guys give your scores or? Yeah, I did. Uh, if I didn't, 8.5 for me. I, I, I'm nice. really digging this book. Yeah. Nice indeed. Yeah, like uh, before we cut him off, uh, Brandon was going to say, speaking of Brandon Easton. Yeah, I was like, speaking yeah. of Brandon Easton, perfect segue <laughs> into our next book. Uh which is the final issue of Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom. So, Josh, I'm going to let you take it away, man. All right, we'll do. Again, written by Brandon Easton. Yannick Paquette Paquette and Nathan Fairbairn on the cover with Fico Osio and Rico Renzi inside and Rob Lee on letters. All right, here we go. Um, we We don't really have to get right to it here because it's already happening. Shiloh is fighting the Verfree. And remember, he's got the Mobius chair. That doesn't help out a whole lot, though. Ver is threatening to do something with her world-killing engines of domination. And no, I did not make that up. Uh, The next page, we see what that is. The only problem is, is that the art here is so busy, I can't really tell what's going on. I guess from the page after, it's supposed to be the world killers coming to life, but it's so busy that it's like too too much and you can't really see what's going on. Uh, when the world killer goes off, the mother box tells Shiloh that there's a .00004 chance of survival, which is not very good, so they need to move fast. The quantum discharge uh, that they've been feeling affects all kinds of stuff, I guess, across the different timelines. And unless they turn off what's making it, they will be stuck around where they are. So, out of nowhere, Shiloh's Grandpa Thaddeus's ghost shows up and tells him that his true power comes from being yourself. Actually, specifically, he says, from being human, his hair, his eyes, his voice, his family. 
and it ends with Miracle taking his mask off. He also deactivates his mother box and challenges Never to a battle like her mom Big Barda would do, which is mano a mano. He challenges her to that battle and then immediately tries to appeal to her compassionate side. And maybe that's just me, but I don't think that's a very good strategy. <laughs> you know, say, I'm going to kick your ass. Wait a minute. Do you want to talk this out? <laughs> Neverfree Never doesn't want to talk, as one may imagine. And just as she's about to kill him, he gets help from his mom and dad. Um. Okay. It ends with a mystery person rescuing Never. We don't ever see them. Shiloh gets sucked back home and he reveals himself to a to the world at a press conference. I think I've pretty much given my opinion throughout that summary. I enjoyed this run and I can appreciate the ending, but it seriously feels lackluster. I don't know what it was that I was hoping for, but it just it wasn't vanilla pudding. That's for sure, and that's kind of what I feel like we got. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Again, it was enjoyable, but this is just a comic book. Wow. That's a bummer for me. Mm-hmm. Ah, my, my first note is ended on a high note. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a very, very interesting ending with, I think, a good setup to more story because... We never completely found out what happened to Scott and Barda, and never is obviously going to return at some point because there's that big tease dropped that somebody took her away. That's true, but they do explain that why Barda and Scott are gone. It's because when she went back in time to try and save them, she erased them from the multiverse. Yeah, but with Which... characters like that, can they really just stay erased? I, I, mean, I know they're comics, not A tier. They might not even be B tier, but they're definitely some fan favorite characters oh yeah for sure but uh i mean it is a convenient way to segue away from scott free and the melodramaticness that comes along with him into you know basically it's somebody that's got a bit more of a personality that's i think is a, a great idea there's it's going to be interesting to see if it does continue. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this and whether or not we'll have to deal with somebody named Never Free again. But uh, yeah, I, this one landed flat, man. Yeah, yeah no, uh, uh, <clears throat> the series had its uh, its ups and downs for me, but I was pretty uninterested in the ending. If I'm being honest, the art was nice, uh, but the story really just mm-hmm. didn't grab my attention. Um, and uh, I, I can pretty safely say that I probably won't be revisiting this series anytime soon. It just, I would have liked something a little bit more consistent, a little bit more interesting. Like I said, it had its high points, but um, I ultimately just, I, it was I, really flat. Yeah, I just I don't know that. Yeah, in the end, it just really wasn't that interesting for me. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that whatever they're doing with some of the other teases for the new gods is is a bit more satisfying um, than this. What kind of other stuff are they doing with the new gods? Well, that's a great way to segue into our next book, Superman and the Authority. Uh, <laughs> except it's not. It's the Superman slash batman or batman slash superman take your pick the authority special number one which is continuing the story from superman and the authority as well as um developing some stuff for this story in action comics 
So I'm going to let Rob mm -hmm. give us all the details on that. All right. So this is from the singular writer of Philip Kennedy Johnson and the many artists <laughs> for one part of the book. Uh, Trevor Harrison, Jonathan Glapian, Scott Hanna, and Rain Burrito doing the art for Earth Zero with Ben Templesmith doing the art for Shadow Earth with letters from Tom Napolitano. I need to remember that name, Ben Templesmith. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, um, well, I, I don't know. Have you, have you guys ever read um, Fell or 30 Days a Night? Uh, yeah, I've read 30 Days a Night. I've read yeah. all of it. Yeah, no, Thirty Days of Night. That's I know that's another Ben Temple Smith joint, and then Fell okay. is is kind of like a classic detective story. Um, I, but I've not is, heard of Bell before. Oh no, Fell, F E L. Oh, Fell. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Detective Richard Fell, like British detective. Um, it's uh, I would say it's pretty cool, but I believe it is eight or nine issues, and it is unfinished. So just read the first oh, trade, and then like. Don't seek out that last issue because you'll just be left on a cliffhanger. How old is it? Um, it's like no chance it's ever coming back. Kind of older. Well, it was. It's complicated because um, I want to say it came out like two thousand six, two thousand seven, um, and then once that issue came out, they just like took a break and they just didn't have a time uh, to get back to it. Also. Um, a little bit more awkward. The series is, of course, Ben Templesmith, um, but it's written by Warren Ellis, so obviously oh, that's a little bit, yikes. yeah, a little bit of a, a tricky yeah. thing. And then, of course, there was that whole kerfuffle a couple months ago where they were like, "We're bringing back Fell," and everyone's like, uh, "What did you just say?" Excuse <laughs> 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 me. Um, so it may be coming back. It may not. I don't know. But I, I would still say check out that first volume of Fell. It's it's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, if you can get it on Comixology. You or... should. Yeah, you should. And then I think the trades on, like, eBay or Amazon are pretty cheap. Cause, um, yeah, you should know. be able to find it there. Yeah, I don't know if Fell was a, was a big seller, so that's probably why. Yeah, I'm looking at Amazon right now. It's like, you can get a used copy for $1.71. So. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I have tried to summarize this as best I can without going into immense detail because mm. there's so much going on in the artwork alone. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so on an alternate Earth in the dark multiverse, the Al Ghul family has won. They have taken over the planet and they're looking to expand to other worlds. One of the Al Ghul generals have captured a Fuginaut, which you saw throughout, I think it was in Death Metal. More and commonly Flash. in Sideways and, and, yeah, and Wally Flash West's Forward, adventure. I think. Yeah, was that was that at the Wally West book, Flash Forward? Yeah, Flash yeah. Forward, that's what it was called, yeah. Uh, they, so they captured a Fuginaut, and they plan to use him to travel between universes. On Earth Zero, the Authority are met by Superman, who's brought along a friend, Batman. Batman was contacted by the Fuginaut about this dark world, and now he wants to attack before the Al Ghuls do. He's not impressed at first sight of the Authority, but still gives them their due. On the other hand, the Authority are in mild awe of Batman, all except Midnighter. He's not impressed in the slightest. After a brief training session, the team gets ready to go using June's abilities to connect to the dark world through Batman's mind. 
and upon arrival and entrance of the Al Ghul Citadel, Apollo notices some odd carvings that seem to convey that an Al Ghul is not the real leader. But still, he doesn't fully bring it up. June guides the team to where she believes the Fujinata is being kept, and Batman seems apprehensive about the location, but they all enter anyway. And after all that, it was a trap, with the single door magically sealed behind them and June taken through before it was shut. The Empire's shadows come hard and fast, but the Authority fight harder. Omak notices that Midnighter and Batman are missing, as we then cut to where June has been taken. She's been connected to the Fujinot, who is now dead and turned into a machine. The two Al Ghul sons have, that, have act, that have her activate the machine and end up in the Fortress of Solitude. Not alone, it seems, as Midnighter came with them. The Midnighter put it, puts up a solid fight, all while complaining about the bat-style motif everyone seems to love, and almost <laughs> has the upper hand, but gets pushed down. And just before the kill shot is taken against him, Batman intervenes and makes swift work of the two well ghouls. This finally impresses Midnighter. <laughs> Batman gives a warning to the sons that if Talia invades, they will be ready. And June, now free, uses her power to send the Suns back to the Dark World and brings the Authority back in return. With everyone back and safe, Batman himself is impressed with the team and wish, and with a goodbye, wishes Clark well up there. Lastly, in the Dark World, the Al Ghul Suns return to the leader to admit defeat and the loss of the Fujinot. The leader rises out of his chair to show that it's actually a version of Bruce Wayne who is happy that these boys had their defeat to teach them where they need to strengthen and vows that they will see their enemies again. That was a tease. That yeah, was that a very good well. tease. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought for sure we'd be done with the Dark Multiverse, but I always believed there was so much potential there, and I'm not against this, I'm going to be honest. Some people might hate the idea of exploring the Dark Multiverse again, because I think Death Metal left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Fucking right. I, metal doesn't taste very good to begin with <laughs> but i i'm kind of digging this this seems like an interesting twist because this isn't just your typical oh batman takes the place of a dc superhero no this is like an actual story that could have happened and this is what could have come of it and, it is very weird yeah but it's also very interesting it is mm. and the art to go with it oh my god yeah and crazy. the cover the cover i i think i forgot to credit the cover uh, the Batman and Midnight are together should have happened years ago. Oh yeah, uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that that was something I didn't know I wanted. I'm I was so happy that happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was really interesting, if not extremely bizarre. Yeah, one one that we could see come up again for sure. And um, I wasn't a hundred percent positive that it was Bruce Wayne at the end, but I mean, it's the only thing that really makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's I, um, clearly it's like the you know, given it's the dark multiverse, so this is the version of Bruce that was like, "All right, I'll marry Talia and be the you know, you know, uh, heir to your empire," and then that this is what happened, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right, I th- I think the issue went by like super fast. Really? I think yeah, and I think that the wrap up for it was way too easy. However, on that note, I c- I took into consideration that it is a Batman Superman book, so you kind of have to expect that. 
without the, with, uh, taking out Jin Luing Yang's uh, run on there, Batman and Superman typically don't really have long story arcs. Yeah. Um, so again, you kind of you kind of uh, have to expect that, but um, it's clearly tied to the main universe where the previous titles were not for the Batman Superman book. And as for the art, it was fantastic. The Shadow Earth art. That was some funky stuff. Mm. But if this is what abstract artists all drew like, Rosmo included, I wouldn't hit on them. Uh. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh. I don't have a problem with abstract art. This is a perfect example of it. I just don't like... Bite your tongue, sir. That crazy stuff. <laughs> But uh, I, this issue, uh, as as uh, not slapped together, but as as, as one shot, quick story, easy wrap up goes, it was a whole hell of a lot of fun, man. I gave it an easy eight point uh, uh, two five all day long. Yeah, I, I gave this one an eight out of ten. <clears throat> it was just like because uh, at first I saw it, I was like, "Is this really necessary? Do we really need a story where Batman just meets?" the authority i was like you gotta have a little bit more substance than that but i think it was just kind of a good way a strong mechanism for maybe people who didn't check out superman and the authority to kind of have an introduction to the team and be like okay this is what they're all about and then you know there's some batman thrown in for for fan service um Uh, i think i think batman may have been thrown in more for marketing than yeah yeah marketing fan service all that stuff like throw batman on there people are gonna buy it um, though yeah, I am, and it I, could potentially get them interested in the authority where they probably weren't before if they were right. a Superman fan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> the only way you can hook people into the authority is through Batman, I guess. They should have called it Batman and the Authority. Then people really would have bought it, um, but that would have defeated the purpose. Um, but no, I, I like I said, overall, I thought it was just a really tight, solid story, and and it's just like been banging the drum towards the World World Saga, and I'm really excited for that, and that's starting next week, so can't wait for that to to get out get started in full swing though i am incredibly disappointed because i was really expecting a moment between midnighter and apollo and batman and superman to kind of have like a like a man you guys are really familiar like almost like a kind of tongue-in-cheek saying like ah you inspired us like that sort of thing and they didn't do it i i was expecting that but Maybe they I thought mean, that, that would have that, been like that would have been that would have been a bit of fan service. But yeah, I feel just like I feel a, like it would have been too obvious. But I was like, come on, you can you can swing for it. I could I could I could take that from Apollo. I could easily take that from Apollo. Apollo's a genuinely nice guy. Midnight, however, I mean, you saw what is or you read what his attitude was when he first met Batman. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I know. Like, I was what, just, aren't I was you like, 50 or something? I was, I, mean, I was expecting that whole thing of like, whatever, like we're the new versions of you. And I, I, I was expecting like them to make some kind of commentary on the, the world's finest. And, and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, come on, missed opportunity. But. Uh, that, that is an is... interesting. Wait, we have a world's finest with female characters coming out soon, don't we? Uh, or we're maybe me, maybe me and Rob are just bullshitting about that. That's possible. I know. I know. There's familiar. a world's finest story coming up in Detective with Mark Wade and Dan Mora, but and then that's there's supposedly everyone's like theorizing now. It's like they're gonna relaunch the 
you know, old world's finest title with Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Um, that I would hope be that's true. Sick. But again, that's that's all that's all rumor right now. But I, I hope I hope to God that's true. That would be so good. I hope um, it. I hope it's true. But I also hope it's got a slightly rotating B list cast. World's fun. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I. I just. I feel like where Mark Wade shines is definitely Superman. So. Oh yeah. No. 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 Like. I think Batman and Superman should be like on it, but I. I would like to see it not just be them yeah i think well i think if you want to do something like that i think they should maybe try and bring back uh brave and the bold because that was kind of like the DC. that was basically their version of um like marvel team up or something where you could have just two characters just kind of meet and do their thing but um other than that it was just it was a fun issue like it it was just cool and and i'm super stoked to see what you know philip kennedy johnson and, and crew are bringing next to superman so i gave this an eight out of ten like i said yeah i i think if anything like there's so many reasons this book could exist like batman superman epilogue uh superman the authority epilogue uh lead into uh the war world series but honestly i think at the end of the day the whole book exists just to give us another reference to grayson the fantastic yes. series uh, yes. oh man <laughs> i was so so happy to see that oh, I, I was i was wondering if one of you was going to mention that because i felt so validated what, what did i miss he said you did a nice job with grayson kids tough and i was like Fuck yeah. Yeah. oh yeah validation yes because uh, they they I'll had never like the... forget that panel of Midnighter looking at the yes. spiral agent from behind it. I recognize that as. <laughs> oh anyway. my god! I love that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> they, no, they literally they literally had like a I forget what issue, but Dick was like, "We have like a frenemies relationship." I was like, "Oh my god, you're killing me!" <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I think just... that's. Oh, go ahead. Oh. I, I I was gonna. Uh... I gave it a 9 out of 10, but hell, just for the Grayson reference, 9.15. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, I, I, I selfishly, I hope that they can find a way to um, to have like a, a Nightwing, Midnighter, like reunion one more time. I know yeah. that's, that is total fan service, but I'm like Tom Taylor. I'm just like, give it to me. I'll take it. I don't <laughs> care. I fuck everyone else if they have a problem with it. No, hell no. I, I, I want there to be more. Apollo yeah. and Midnight. No, that, that's what I was, I was just like. It's total fan service for for Grayson fans, but like I don't at this point I don't even care. I just want to see it. I, well, I don't think that I. I honestly don't think that they would bring them back without at least acknowledging that or having maybe not like a crossover, but like a cameo or a pop in or maybe yeah, a single so. issue team up. They can have an issue. Of Nightwing, where he teams up with the Authority. There you go. There's the. Well, they're they're off world though. Well, they'll they'll, they'll get they'll get back eventually. They'll find their way back, <laughs> assuming they don't all die. Fingers crossed. Um, That's just rude to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brandon, if you had to pick between Grayson or the current Nightwing, oh. Which would you want to be ongoing more? That is tough. Current run. I, well, I don't know. Because, I mean, um, 
Grayson was just a lot of fun. I mean, it they kind of told the story, like, once they finished with the, like, Dr. Dealist stuff and wrapped everything there, it was like, okay, that story's done. But, like, there was still a lot of, there was still a lot of stories they could have done with Spiral and, you know, Dick and, and, um, yeah. she wasn't Huntress, but, um, Helena Bertinelli and, like, all that stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I want to say the current run just because it's, like it's very tied to Gotham and the Bat family and stuff, but honestly, if they had extended Grayson for like another fifteen issues, I, I'd have been fine with that. Yeah, I think everybody would have been. I just yeah. there were well, maybe, points maybe not of everyone. Grayson there, that were, felt... there were some people who were complaining quite a lot. Well, well, I mean, okay, so nearly everyone, but there yeah. there were uh, there were times where I felt like it was kind of going really slow. Or maybe it was just I wasn't into it that much. Yeah, at that's, times, that's a possibility. But, but um, I don't know. It, it, it was it was a good time. run. Yes, yeah. but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not a hard choice for me. I I enjoyed Grayson, but this this Nightwing is sick. I love yeah. it. No, yeah. I I know I know I'm definitely biased. Like I would I would just fucking loved Grayson. I wrote a yeah. I wrote an article about how much I loved Grayson. Oh, yeah. I can send <laughs> so, that to you guys if you want. It's embarrassing. Absolutely. But, um, it was literally just like. Um, like uh, I, I had finished reading Grayson at that point, and I was just like, "This series is just so amazing! I'm just gonna pour everything down." And it was like two pages, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'll just like make a blog for this or something." Sweet. Yeah, and if there's any listeners out there that are still kind of, I know it's years ago now, that are on the fence about Grayson as a series, we've seen now what happens when you change this character's story in a bad way. Yes. Yes. And you compare that to Grayson, Grayson's a godsend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah. no AO. Grayson versus Rick is like Oh my god. Yeah, no like, fuck. Uh, Andre the Giant versus a pygmy. A perfect <laughs> example. No, yeah. fuck. I I'm remembering cuz like I'm I'm looking online now and I wrote this May 6, 2019, which was like in the midst of all the Rick Grayson stuff. So I, I was yeah. already I was already like on some on some mad shit where I was like just upset and angry at that whole storyline yeah i'm seeing that i i already have like a paragraph where i talk about how i don't like rick grayson so maybe i'm not gonna send this (laughs) no every no i don't did anybody i don't even think that jurgens liked rick no no it was very i don't think he even wanted like who was it that took over the book it was scott lovedell at first and then i think he was just like he was checked out, so he they brought in um, like someone else to basically do the scripts, and right. he would just do the plot at that point. And then um, Dan Jurgens took over, and then went all the way to seventy five. Okay, um, or was it seventy seven? I don't remember. Um, I feel anyway. like it was dragged out intentionally, like they had to drag it out and wait it for was. the timelines to light up. They they really the... wanted to push it until 75 so they could have the big issue and that was two years of our lives that we'll never get back so um. what i did read and i'm i was just trying to trying to remember who came up with the idea because it was a writer that chose it when the idea came to have grayson be shot in the head and lose his memory it was only supposed to last a couple of story arcs initially But then yeah. there was some writer who was like, okay, I, I can come up with stories for this. I can run with this for like five, six story arcs. 
let me take the reins and they let him take the reins and it was the worst fucking idea they'd done with dick grayson in, in decades I, I, yeah i think that might have been lobdell because i remember reading yeah. there was like there was like some pitch from tom king that was like wild dick was oh wait no no not nah, i'm actually remembering it more because it wasn't supposed to be a memory loss thing originally what ben percy and tom king had pitched was dick would have vertigo meaning he wouldn't be able to operate as nightwing but he would still have his memory and tim drake was going to pinch hit as nightwing for a little while but they didn't want to do that because um oh god i'm wounded i know i know so cool i would have been so cool and wait fuck i'm gonna find it it's on my phone but travis moore travis moore did a piece of fan art of tim drake as nightwing and is the coolest thing ever it is it looks so cool like he designed his own suit and everything um but yeah, they they I guess they scrapped all that because I think there were other plans in development for Tim Drake at the time. Might have been Young Justice, oh, and then like there um, were never any plans for Tim Drake. Let's face it. I know. Well, I was like, ugh, just oh wait. Honestly, wait, I, though, I honestly, okay. So Tom King's idea is sound and pretty cool for a short time. I don't know how long it. I don't know how long it would take for me to get tired of him being taken out by an inner ear infection. But well, the, like, the fact that it's it's just that not major memory loss would definitely make it sound like it was going to be a short time. Yes, yeah, yes. Hell that, yeah, that I can. Looks like a combination of, of like Nightwing and a Grayson suit. Yeah, no, this was the I, like Travis Moore basically did like fan art basically of Tim Drake as Nightwing. Oh, shit. that's so cool, thing, dude! Is the coolest thing ever. I'm gonna send it. It does. That that does look cool. It almost looks like a mix between the honestly like Grayson Nightwing and Red Hood's body armor. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like the shoulder pads and it was just it was like I don't know, like it was just such a cool idea and I I mean, it's long past now, but I still kind of want to see them try that of like Tim being that would be for awesome. a while. Good yeah. idea. I don't know if I want King to, to write anything Gotham. No, I would I would want like a, I don't know. Yeah, I would yeah. want like someone who would really do something cool with Tim. Um I would have said James Tynan, but he's at the door now, so yeah. Tomasi is a fan. Yeah, Ooh, no, Tomasi. he's out the door too. He's uh he's doing his own stuff at, at Image now. Well, I guess I he's doing care. that one Super Sun story. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, that was a long tangent. Um, it can uh, be. Let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into our top three books for this week and our favorite moment if you have one. So, Josh, I'm going to let you start it off. I think we always have a favorite moment, my man, and this one is no different. But first, my top three. Coming in at third, I had Arkham City, Order of the World. Great book. Can't wait to see where it goes. I hope it doesn't turn to poo because it could. Second one. Dark Knights of Steel. I that kind of alternate universe is never something I'm interested in. I still all those period piece TV shows that are on TV. I can't sit through a whole episode, but this was amazing. And it's not like Rob said, it's not Batman and Superman set in medieval medieval times. It is Batman and Superman and quite a few other characters you might not expect to be there adapted for medieval times. So it's pretty cool. I I really like that. And number one, 
as is almost always the case, I have to give to Swamp Thing. But that's not where my favorite moment came. <laughs> my favorite moment came out of Batman, where there's the solo pages of Batman and Peacekeeper. Yeah. Holy shit, that was so cool. Oh, it man. was just beautiful to look at, man. I, I would love like a, a print or a poster of that Batman page. Oh, yeah, it's great. Beautiful to look at. Very beautiful to look at. But that that's it for me, man. All right, I am going to take a page out of Brandon's book. Because I, I oh. didn't have a coin to flip for ah, number three. Ah. Hey, they have an app for that. <laughs> my, my phone was dying. I plead fifth. Uh, so I, I have Swamp Thing, but quite honestly, Human Target's up there as well for me. I actually really enjoyed this one. And this is the first Tom King book I've enjoyed this much in a long time. I think since Omega Man. Yeah, it was just a really <laughs> cool start. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed his Mr. Miracle run. But that book was just, like, psychedelic to the max. And everything since has been slowly but surely getting eh. But this, I, I think he's back to where he belongs. He's, he's back on, on target, if you will. <laughs> nice. Nice. <Slick>. Nice. <laughs> Brandon's not the only one of jokes. Oh, uh, the human target is an interesting character. He's just not a character with a whole lot of story. Yeah. Now he he is right up Tom King's alley. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought Rorschach was too. Yeah. And that one seriously let me down. So I I'm not saying it's shit right now. Right now it's pretty good, but mm-hmm. it'll take the issue four, and if it is actually good until issue four I'll have really good high hopes for it because that seems to be the turning point for Tom King like his fourth issue and everything and it's like I think it's time for a coffee break well, yeah hopefully it, it doesn't lose itself that quickly I hope so get a preview they, that's one of my favorite things about this issue was you basically got a preview of all 12 issues on like page three right and issue four will feature if i can find the fucking page <laughs> blue beetle so oh that's Wait, bound what? to be good <laughs> yeah there's it's it's uh page nine i think of of the book where it shows him going through each day, and it looks like each issue he's going to be meeting up with a different member of the Justice League International. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now and <laughs> day four, he's talking to Ted Gord, so... Who, like... Day eight is probably... Um, what's his name? Rocket That's Red? Rocket Red, yeah. yeah. It's got the Russian thing. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, anyway, number two, <laughs> I I have uh, Batman Superman the Authority special. I just really dug it. I thought the art was really good on both Earths. I was really into the story. I I really liked that alternate world idea and seeing all these characters come together. I thought it was interesting. And number one, I had Dark Knights of Steel. I was completely sold. 
I if I could play D and D on a regular schedule, I would. I I love that whole idea, and that that chase cover of a D and D play sheet. Oh, I think is man. brilliant. Yes, <laughs> they would. They would so be. Well. They would be foolish not to release this. You know, once it's all wrapped up in a in a tray, they would be foolish not to release this with oh, like yeah. character sheets and like a full campaign that you could do. Exactly, That's and a chess set. Fantastic. Yeah, oh, love, chess set. Oh, God, sure. I'd love yes. to do that. Yeah. God, so so many marketing opportunities. Tom Taylor, I know. Call your agent right now. Is, is, is Tom Taylor a D and D fan? I feel like he would be. Oh, he's a he, high he's fantasy writing, fan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's All right. This yeah. Get on the medieval. Shit. He must be. Yes. Question: Is there a low fantasy? It's probably more like quiet fantasy. Because <laughs> I, I mean, there's high fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, why is it why is why is it called high fan? Why wouldn't it just be fantasy? Gosh, you just broke my brain, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there has what to be you know, a very like yeah, like low stakes type of fantasy, but um, may, maybe those are the ones that people just don't care about. All right, <laughs> low fantasy. We're gonna steal this treasure, but it's guarded by skeletons. But those yeah. skeletons just won't move. <laughs> Damn, jerks. <laughs> All right. uh, my favorite moment, honestly, to this day is probably ever Midnighter meeting Batman is just <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, the whole time it's fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. does some really good rib shots on old Brucey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you got, top, Brandon? Yeah, my top picks for this week. I had Human Target number one at number three. Just a really strong debut, and more Greg Smallwood in the world is always a win. Um, oh, yeah. I cannot wait to see him, you know, draw all of the Justice League International. It's going to look so good. Um, <clears> I need <throat> I need Lemire and Smallwood. That would be great. I don't know what they would do, but that would be great. Um, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, now, you know, I got to think about it. Like, what character would you be good for? Something, something in the like vein of a Moon Knight, but I don't know that DC has something like that. Um, and mm. I, don't, I don't think you should do another Batman book. Maybe like um, I got it. Question. Oh, that would oh, be so good. Oh, that would be good. sick. Oh. That would be good, dude. Yes. I and I know Lemire already did a question book, but I'm like, do a special or something. That would be good. Or uh, or a Jim Corrigan book. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Spectre would be phenomenal. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Actually, I think Spectre would be better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking so too because it would give uh, it would give it would give Smallwood a, a time to really show off his art. Yeah, yeah, do something kind of supernatural like in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and no, I think that would be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had Human Target at number three. I had The Swamp Thing number nine at two, and then favorite this week had to go to Arkham City: The Order of the World. Just very impressed with uh, the second issue. Really, just blew me away. My favorite moment was. Just that scene of Ten-Eyed Man to Dr. Joy, and I, I literally pulled the quote. It's like, it is as I said, dear Dr. Joy, it's the Arkham City, um, which I thought was great. Yeah, and they showed that map where it's all drawn out and shit. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, no, that looked really great. Uh, it's that time again. Yeah. It's our evening constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time for... What is it time for? The biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Bob, you want to go first? 
uh, sure, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that I put this here, but it was pretty close to my lowest scoring book, and the only other one I had scored lower than it, I enjoyed more. So for my biggest stinker this week is Batman. It just Tough didn't break. hit the mark for me this, this month, this week, this it's... issue. Uh, this yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed the early run, but this is it's kind of just winding down and it's getting uh, near the end. And yeah, I'm ready for next. I, I still love Tynan, but this is, it needs to end. Looking at big picture, I've seen it was all the City of Bane bullshit. And then we went into Joker War with the designer and then all the way up to fucking fear state and it just all feels like one giant mush i have invested a lot of time in it and i'm gonna get no payoff that makes me sad yeah it's unfortunate that the conclusion is just kind of you know not not very satisfying um because i I really felt like fear state was ramping up you know towards something interesting Mm -hmm. at least and it just feels like it's kind of going to go out with a whimper and a kind of a messy whimper super sad Yeah. yeah Uh, I do suspect something big in the final issue might happen. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully something that's like, I don't know, like satisfying, you know? Yeah. Like Batman leaving Gotham? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Obviously, well, I'm, something we're not already expecting. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that if you can do some fun Batman International type stories. But, you know, just give us a, 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 a satisfying conclusion. We'll have a twelve-issue arc of Batman and Squire. I would love that, but uh, I don't. I don't know if everyone else would. The new Squire is pretty good. I like her as a character. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but um, for mine, man, I don't want to, but I'm. I have to put the source of freedom here. I was excited and on board for the whole thing through the whole thing, and I feel like this just kind of went for a belly flop when it should have been an easy swan dive, and I'm super disappointed. Super disappointed. The the source of freedom also got uh, biggest stinker for me. It was just like I mean, like I said, it just I really wasn't interested in the ending at all, and um, it just it kind of left me with a, a cold feeling, in that I just don't feel like I'm ever going to come back to this series. You know, yeah, I mean, we, do we have any do we have any guarantee that there is going to be any future Mr. Miracle books? I don't know. I mean, I'm not aware possible, of it. But I mean, I don't I don't know that this was a big seller and I mean, I haven't really heard there there doesn't seem to have been a lot of discourse on it, so it just kind of seems like it it's a book that's just going to kind of come and go and then once it's done, it's done. Yeah, I think so, it's done. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah, it's, it's not like Swamp Thing where everyone's like, "Oh my god, like we gotta have a season two and they finally give it to us. And this is just kind of like, yeah, it was here, and now it's not. Yep. <laughs> well, I suppose that rounds it up, huh? Yeah. Well, um, before we head out for the night, uh, is there any? Thing that we're thinking about putting on the dump list, taking off the dump list. How are you guys feeling? Oh, dude. Um, as far as the books this week, <laughs> I mean, Mister Miracle's out the door, but yeah. I mean, it's Batman, man, <laughs> and yeah. I, we can't put Batman on the dump list. But no, and we, I, like, we have one I'm more issue to so go in sad. Fear State. So, 
And then we have a, our fresh start coming, and, and hopefully that's not too disappointing. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, yeah, as far as the dump list goes, I don't have anything I want to throw on there no. this week. Yeah, neither uh, neither do I. Uh, what do we got going on next week, then? What are the books that are supposed to come out? Do you know? Well, uh, I could do that, um, although I, I think I think we kind of agreed that it would kind of be best to maybe not cover some of the next some of next week's books because I don't know because what's going DC on with their schedule. Because DC keeps lying to us. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with their schedule. They say one thing on their website. League of Comic Geeks is another thing. Thing from another world is another thing. So um, I can tell you some of the books that are coming out. We have uh, Action like, Comics, yeah. Wonder Woman, Joker. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I Am Batman, Justice League Last Ride, Robin and Batman, Robins number two, and Titans United, um, and potentially Black Manta, Superman and Lobo, and Batman Urban Legends. But again, Maybe. that could very well change. We have no idea. So <laughs> Maybe. Stay tuned for next week. Um, Where we will be covering some of DC those. Comics Maybe. of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, of course, as always, we'll be here talking comics and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. Uh, but with that, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. I'm gonna go, 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 I'm g